0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. We are mid-January, if you can believe it already. I feel like the past six weeks have just gone through a blur. So I appreciate you all tuning in again. I know the last episode I messed up the editing a little bit um, and I was talking over the intro. My beautiful laptop, which I just got last year, um, is in the shop. It stopped... Working. If I typed E, it would do six E's. If I typed R, it would do either no R's or like six R's. So I just took her into the shop to get fixed, and it has been quite a few weeks. So I am trying to do this on my Mac desktop now, and it's definitely very different sound-wise for me. Um, Anyways, so I did receive quite a few messages about that, and I couldn't take it offline for some reason. I was able to take it off Podbean, but I wasn't able to take it off of iTunes. So lesson learned. Hopefully, this one turns out a little bit better. Now, I did want to spend the first about five minutes just providing a very personal update. Um, Some real highs and some some real lows. Uh, One is around, you know, the corporate world that I'm in and and the spiritual work that I do. Um, Anyway, so if you are not interested and you want to fast forward to the portion of the podcast episode around past lives, feel free to skip forward about five minutes. It won't take any offense. I do it myself on certain podcasts, there's a lot of podcasts that I love where the the first five, ten minutes is all self-promo, which good for them. It's a business platform. No, no doubt about it, but I usually skip through those parts. So so I just kind of wanted to share success first. How about that? I'll start with the success first. So Spirit for the past two years has been very much encouraging me to start doing group and audience work. Now, I'm not a shy person. Anyone who meets me knows that I'm very chatty and very talkable, um, if that's even a word, talkable. I can can get along with anybody without a doubt. Um, But for some reason, I get stage fright standing in front of groups of 10 or more, even at my work. I've been at my work for nine years, and they get me to do orientation for all the new employees as one of the original uh, worker bees there. And sometimes I freeze and it's quite scary for me because I never know when it's going to come on. I can't seem to stop it from coming and it totally catches me off guard and I stand, end up standing there looking and I don't know where I am, who, what I'm talking about, like who am I, who are you, and it can be quite embarrassing. And so, I have kept myself from doing group stuff and audience stuff because of this. Um, And so I started doing intuitive development circles three and a half years ago now. And I kept them very small. My first one I kept is four. And I grew up to eight. And now I have a development circle that has ten people in it. Um, But I just freaking had an aha moment. I've had a lot of aha moments, which is part of this update. And two weeks ago, I said, screw it. I'm just going to freaking do it. What do I have to lose, really, right? Um, Even just saying that, I'm like, you have a lot to lose. (laughs) This is the ego coming up. I'm like, you have your reputation. (laughs) I'm thinking of all these things that I I do actually have to lose. But I went to this venue that I really wanted to book, and I booked it right away, paid them right away, got insurance for it right away. And on Monday, I posted up a Eventbrite page for tickets, and I was going to limit it to 20 people. That's pretty big for me. I mean, I've seen some demonstrations in mediumship with, like, 40, and I've seen up to 10,000 people with Sylvia Brown and Teresa Caputo. So, I felt like 20 was, like, a really respectable number um, for a first time. So, I posted the tickets on Monday, and I shit you not, my event sold out in 26 hours, 26 hours. I mean, I was even thinking, like, well, I'll probably promote it like once or twice. And, you know, even if I can get like 15 people that are like super successful. Um, And yeah, my event completely sold out in 26 hours. And I had at least 10 messages from people saying if I'll add more tickets or if I'll do it again. So I will do it again in March. Um, Whether, you know, February ends up being a huge success for me, in my opinion, or not, I will continue to do them because I know that Spirit is encouraging me to go this route. So that was awesome for me. And all my readings last year, I had a reading with Soulshine Astrology. I had a reading with this amazing First Nations woman. Um, all the readings that I had last year had, had all had the theme of going into 2020, you need to be in large groups and audiences. And that's like my worst nightmare. I was like, no, 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 no. And then lo and behold, you know, I forget that they tell me these things. This is how you guys might understand readings for yourselves. I forget they tell me these things, but I just feel the urging to do it. And I, and I go and do it. And then I reflect. I'm like, wow, yeah, people did say that this would be part of my path in 2020. So that was a huge success. Um, I consider it to be a huge success. I'm very touched, very honored that so many people want to work with me and yeah, I'm pretty jazzed. So, that's going to be on the full moon in Leo on, October, on February 8th up here in Squamish. And I have people coming from Pemberton and from Vancouver. So, I'm very excited and uh, not even nervous. I don't feel quite nervous yet. So, I'll let you know how that goes in February. So, one of the not great updates for me, um, I'm going to try to hold it all together here, but. As I talk about, I, I don't talk too much, I feel like, about my personal life on here. I do try to keep the podcast very niched towards spiritual and intuitive development. But I do know that anytime I share something quite personal, I get messages from people who are very appreciative of me sharing these little tidbits about myself. So um, I'll go against uh, you know what's, what's natural and super comfy for me because I know as a teacher that experiential learning is very important, especially for adults. So, so I have a corporate job. Uh, before I started this corporate job, I always worked with race cars. Um, I, was a, I was a worldwide gamer, actually a video gamer, <laughs> from when I was 13 till I was 23. And I worked from with race cars, uh, open wheel and rally cars from when I was 17 until I was 27 synchronicity and a lot of passion led me towards Indigenous health and healing and I ended up uh, with a job at the First Nations Health Authority Now, before I started at the First Nations Health Authority, I was very broke um, and happy broke. I wasn't like down in the dumps broke. I didn't have a whole lot of aspirations when it came to financial abundance, to be honest with you. I grew up very poor. You know, we grew up on a waitress income, four of us, one bedroom apartment between four of us, uh, very poor neighborhood. I didn't have a lot. I realized at 12 years old, I had to get my own job to afford my own shoes, my own clothes. I was babysitting, I was weeding gardens, I was washing people's cars. I was a hustler. And I eventually, before I was nine years old, actually was able to afford my own trip to Disneyland, uh, me and my best friend, by having garage sales, bake sales, again, like mowing lawns, weeding gardens, um, collecting pop bottles. We would spend half on horror movies like Freddy Krueger and Subway Cookies and put half away. And within a year, we were able to afford a trip to Disneyland. So it was always very entrepreneurial. Um, But I was quite a big spender too. right? Fast forward, I won't tell the whole story, but I eloped with uh, a Formula One photographer (laughs) when I was 18 years old. It was incredibly wealthy, um, and I incredibly wealthy. Like he he made about thirty thousand dollars a day. Wealthy, and I was not wealthy. I I made I think like twenty eight thousand dollars a year at that time, and I was happy. But he, I, I suffered financial abuse. Let's just say that I suffered financial abuse for the next five years of that marriage until I eventually left. And I'll share that story another day. But. Um, You know, I moved up to Squamish right after that, kind of to get away in hiding um, from this individual and ended up with a race car team up here. And during that time, I was not fully aware of my gifts. I definitely had spent my entire life interested in, in spiritual things, and especially mediumship. I did not think that I had these gifts. And I went and saw this reader who i had just hooked up with my husband He was my boyfriend at the time we moved in together we both made the exact same amount of money because we worked at the exact same place very comfy i think we made like three grand a month um you know we were able to afford an apartment and like be beach bums and, and very very happily simple life um wake up like what do you want to do today i don't know what do you want to do today like super super simple And I went and saw this reader. Oh, yeah, I should also say I came into the relationship with a lot of debt. I had three credit cards racked up. I have never been very good with credit card money (laughs) for some reason. I'm good at saving. I'm just not good with plastic for some reason. Even as I approach almost 40 years old, I see patterns reappear that I've always had. But I saw this amazing reader one time, and, and she kept saying to me, I see a lot of money around you. I just like burst out laughing. I'm like, "Girl, you you are reading for someone else. Like maybe your next client. Uh, this is this message is for." But you fast forward 5 years and I ended up in the corporate world. And you know, even just judging by my self node in in Capricorn, I excel in the corporate world. Like I between 2011 and 2017 I went from being an administrator to a senior specialist, which is director-level pay. Um, so I, I went into from making $30,000 a year to over $100,000 a year um, pretty quickly. And, you know, I'll do a whole episode on this because it's a big complex around all this. It's a, It's a lot of money. And with that kind of money... Comes a whole another world of of issues that come up around it. Scarcity actually set in once I reach that kind of money. It's that maintaining that level. It's that I can't give this up. I know I have dreams and aspirations in other areas of my life, but... You know, that money just, like, it it holds so tight to you to a point where it's almost like your your chest hurts. You actually feel a little bit claustrophobic. Like, my hands are sweating right now even just talking about this. And I know I sound very privileged, but I'm hoping somebody out there really kind of understands what I'm saying. And I remember after my first baby in 2013, and I had a very respectable income, nowhere near six-figure. But I remember going back to work. After I discovered I had the mediumship abilities and I spent my one year maternity leave um, really developing and and I created a world of magic in that year maternity leave, a year of magic, pure magic. I mean, I I have this blog that I'll share one day with you guys that I, I captured my entire development journey, every detail, every minor instance that was complete magic to me from discovering what a pendulum was just through the whispers of spirit to, you know, discovering the connection with the angels. And I mean, I could even cry. It was just such a magical time. And I knew going back to work in 2014 that I wouldn't last there. And I knew I didn't want to be there forever. And I remember going back to work thinking, I don't want any promotions. I don't want any more money because I don't want to feel more stuck here. And things just kept happening. I tell you, I, I put that out to the universe saying, okay, I want to go full time as a medium. I know I do. This was back in 2014. And things just kept happening. I was offered a management job and I, I turned it down. I said, no, I don't want to be a manager. You know, I'm pretty cushy where I am. And a manager it was quite a substantial pay increase for me. And one day I received a letter saying, you are now manager and here's your back pay for six months and good luck. <laughs> and that was kind of like the starting of me being promoted throughout this organization. um, Just opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And eventually, like, increasing my income, I had another mat leave, and we get top up, so I get 100% of my pay for a whole year of maternity leave. I mean, it's just mind-boggling, the the financial abundance that you get um, when you're in that world. And the whole time, I felt trapped. I just felt so trapped, and I felt so blessed because I was able to afford home after home. I'm on my fourth home now. You know, I'm in my, what I consider to be my dream home, which I could not have received without that experience experience. Um, but there's a there's a level of me that's always been a little bit unhappy. And I quit my job twice last year because I got really sick because it is uh, not where I am now. Where I am now is very lovely. I have very supportive bosses that are amazing. But I was in a very toxic work environment, which you can go back to that episode. I tell you the whole story back then. I won't repeat it here. Um, but I took a few months off work and when I went back to work, I only lasted two days before my husband saw me. He looked at me. He says, Daniel, you have to go. He's like, you're so unhappy. He's like, please go. Like, don't worry about the money. And my husband's, like, very scarcity. I'm not so scarcity. <laughs> he's very scarcity. And so he's always been one of my barriers from from pursuing my dream of doing this work for spirit full time. And so I actually resigned that day. And... Uh, You know, my boss hated me, so she was like, yep, see you later. And uh, a week later, my CEO called me and asked me out for lunch, and I went out for lunch with him and told him all the reasons why I was leaving, and lo and behold, the lady who was my issue ended up resigning that day, um, and he said that he'd make things better for me. And I waited 10 weeks, and nothing happened. Um, And then I started getting into real big scarcity around this. Okay, this update is going to end up being a real long time, but... 10 weeks later, nothing had changed. Nothing had, had shifted for me. So I resigned again. I said, look, I'm just not healthy here. I can't get healthy. I'm sick all the time. I'm so unhappy. Um, you know, the money's great and everything, but I just kind of have to go. And this was last May. So I left and, and I had two weeks. I had to give my two weeks notice. And a week after... Um, you know, I resigned, and a week before it was my last date, um, scarcity started setting in. I was like, you know, oh my God, this is a lot of pressure on my spiritual practice. Like, I need at least like ten readings a week just to, you know, pay my mortgage, and you know, keep the kids in care and like all their activities and all this stuff and scarcity started sitting in. And then my second mentor, I won't even talk about the first. I'm not even ready for it. I will do a whole podcast episode on that one day, but (laughs) not ready. But my second mentor He was amazing, Um, super supportive of me, sent me and I'm sure her whole subscribe newsletter a letter saying that she had an experience with Jesus and that she was denouncing mediumship and pretty much that we're working for Satan and she'll pray for us, right? Very disturbing for me, especially when I'm already scared out of my mind and in scarcity mode. And I wrote her back right away. I was like, I I don't know what's going on. So, like, do you feel like what you and me experienced together didn't actually happen or wasn't real? Like, you know what I mean? When you look at your teacher, you look at your mentor, and then all of a sudden they do a a pivot, (laughs) if you want to call that a pivot. It got me really freaked out and the day before it was my last day, I I actually got sick after that. I got literally sick. I was on my couch in my bedroom, um, just sick with a fever. That's how I get stress. I get fevers and um, the day before my last day of work, I had our lawyers call from my work and our CEO and my new mentor saying, look, if you stay tomorrow, you start this new job with this person, everything you asked for. What do you say? And I was like, yes. And I even get a pit in my stomach even saying that. Um, I'm just going to take a sip of my coffee Bear with me here. So I felt like everything was peachy keen. I'm like, okay, I just avoided a disaster because my heart is broken because my two mentors that I'd had since I started developing had denounced mediumship and had gone on to... Um, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I won't talk about their path. It's not my story to share. But uh, it really affected me in in some pretty ways. It it really messed with my head, without a doubt. And so I continued working in the corporate world. And you know, I have to tell you, I'm just going to talk about the past six weeks here because I could go on and on and on. But. As a spiritual person, as somebody who connects with the world of spirit to provide a service for people here and to actually, you know, I also consider myself not just working for the person who's paying for me. I work for spirit, you know, the loved ones on the other side. They're the ones who are aligning you to be drawn to me because they're like this girl will be able to pick up what I'm putting down. This girl will understand my language spirit. So they they work things around so that you, you find people like me or you find other readers that you've been drawn to book with. Um, so th- I, I work for spirit, uh, real truthfully. And I've discovered through all my years of development, I took my first few years of development, is very pragmatic, very practical, and as I developed and evolved as a teacher and as a spiritual provider, I realized that the real uh, real meat, the real juice in, in this connection with the divine and providing these messages as a channeler is through our heart, it's through our divine feminine, it's through... Being sensitive, not being tough, right? It's through it's through breaking down, it's through cracking open, it's through hitting rock bottoms, and and finding that resilience with our own soul and our own spirits to persevere and come back even stronger. And this is not what I was taught um, early on, and, and this is what I teach my students um, through the sensitivity. So this is the space that brings me joy. This is the space that gives me great satisfaction. And it's a space that allows me to connect clearly with the world of spirit. Now, the corporate world, right? is not like that. Even though I work in a corporate industry that is very heart-centered, it's very purposeful. It has a great purpose. You know, indigenous health and healing, reconciliation, bringing parity back to, you know, healthcare for indigenous, and non-indigenous people. It should be the same. It should be equal. And it's not due to colonialism. And I felt very passionate about that purpose for a very long time. And... You can't get away from the corporate world. It's still government. So the structure for me for the past six weeks has been, well, even more than that. It's probably been eight to ten weeks, to be honest with you, as I prepared for this um healing conference that I that just occurred this week. Receiving anywhere from a hundred to three hundred emails a day. Okay. So I have to click because my computer just froze here. Um Sitting there in your masculine because of the protection that you need to have around yourself when you're working with people who are very, you know, gunning to the top and, you know, not being very loving and supportive of one another. And it's a little bit sketchy, a little bit toxic. People screwing each other over, people suing each other. It's. It's hard. It's it's hard for somebody who's tapped into the divine feminine and had their heart cracked open and finds joy in serving spirit to then in the daytime switch to this part of myself that feels foreign to me now. It felt so natural 9 years ago when I started. And for the past like 3 years I've been really struggling there. And of course, people there are so supportive of my mediumship and they're like, oh, I want a reading, I want a reading. I'm like, I can't do a reading in this atmosphere. <laughs> the atmosphere is so palpable, so um, it hurts. It hurts. That's all I can say. So so being super overwhelmed, almost for the past six weeks, I've received over 300 emails a day. Respond, respond, respond. The outcome was beautiful. It was very, very successful, but How that affects somebody who's cracked open, how this affects somebody who's, you know, got their their hearts out, just ready to receive whoever needs to be received is I get sick, so I get headaches constantly. And I could even cry. I had a migraine on Sunday. I spent the day in the hospital with my son who had croup, and I ended up with a blinding migraine. I'd never had one before. I actually thought I was going blind because I, I looked around the room, and all I could see, see, I'm about to cry. All I could see was white. And I got to a point after 20 minutes where... I actually became okay with the fact I was going to go blind because it meant I didn't have to work anymore at this job. I'm like, I could be a medium and be blind. Freak, I can get an assistant. I could just do phone readings, like ready to rock the world. And then after 20 minutes, I had to go to bed and I realized I had a migraine from the stress. And I'm just going to take a minute and compose myself yeah constant headaches and you know stress eating is huge like reaching for like breakfast sandwiches I'm such a sucker for breakfast sandwiches I've put on almost 30 pounds in the past four months from stress just like eating 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 and then coming home and having a glass of wine right away and then taking CBD with some THC like literally trying to numb myself and This is a cycle that, you know, the corporate world impacts on me. It doesn't affect everyone like this. I know some people who really thrive in and survive in it, but since I've decided to crack open, this is the effect that's had on me. And we had some situations come up at the event this week, which was very successful and very enjoyable. I'm in no means a victim here. But I would get energy sick. And we were lucky to have uh, traditional healers on, on standby and cultural support. So I actually had to access cultural support for the first time. And get smudged and brushed. And, you know, I ended up with a headache all week. And nausea. My skin is horrible right now. And, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So... I guess why I wanted to provide this update here (laughs) is because, you know, I've decided to make a shift in my life, and this was actually something that my husband encouraged me to do. Two two Tuesdays ago, I came home, and he could just look at me, and I would just be crying because I was getting bullied at work by some people, like, relentlessly for two days, people bullying their way into getting their way, and... I just broke down crying and he said, Danielle, you are so sick. He's like, you have to leave. He's like, you have to leave. He's like, I don't care about the money. He's like, just please leave. So I made the decision to leave my job and pursue this spiritual work full time because this is literally what nurtures me. And kind of knew that all this was going to come down the pipe and so I actually at winter solstice I didn't book any readings between winter solstice and February because I had to get through my conference and I knew I needed some downtime. and again this is listening to the nudgings of spirit um, To I listened to the nudgings of spirit I didn't know I would feel like this right now and I didn't book this time slot because I needed time to myself and look I'm like I feel so supported by spirit just having this time and I'm freaking out right now, January 17th, and I don't have to do readings for almost three weeks. And I have this time and space and energy right now to heal and to recalibrate to where I want to be and and really focus on my world, uh, work with the world of spirit. So um, I just kind of wanted to, to share that with you and... This transition is something that I've thought about, obviously, um, for seven, almost seven years since I discovered my ability. Um, Something that brings me so much joy. Something that is scary as hell. And I guess in summary around why I went through this huge, long story about money is because... I have a lot of money now. You know, I'm about to give it all up Um, to the unknown. I don't know if my mediumship work will sustain me full time or if I'll have to find something part time or, you know, I don't know. And I'm not stressing about it. I'm actually not worried about it. You hear me? Like I'm sitting here and I'm not worried. I am not worried. I know I will be provided for. But money doesn't make you happy. It doesn't. So when you're looking at your life and you're trying to decide how you want to create your life, I want money to be the last thing that you consider to be the thing that brings you joy. Of course, we are living a human experience. We need to pay for food. We need to pay for our rent. I just trust that I'm supported. So that's what I'll say about that. The other story I really wanted to share was around... money. So I've been working with some business coaches lately because I, I definitely have an entrepreneurial spirit, but you know last year when I got my Indigenous Entrepreneurs Grant, I had to completely legitimize my business. I'm now Incorporated Danielle Serang Services Incorporated I have an accountant like a proper CPA accountant um, I have all the proper I don't pay taxes yet because I, don't, I haven't made enough. You have to make over $30,000 a year to start charging taxes. So this year I hope to exceed that but i haven't yet um and so i got some business coaches because i was like you know they say you need them and it was very eye opening for me i've worked with two two business coaches and um it was like trying to work out how I want to live my life, and the truth is, I only want to do two readings a day. I don't, I don't want to go from the hustle of corporate to the hustle of spiritual work. That's not my jam. I'm like two readings a day, perfectly fine for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not in this to get rich. At all, Anyone who's ever worked with me can probably feel that vibe with me. Um, I hardly ever advertise unless you consider like this. Um, you know, I think Monday when I sold my tickets was like one of the first times I actually advertised. I did something and it worked out really well for me actually. But we came down to the conversation of pricing ourselves. And as a spiritual entrepreneur, that is like one of the hardest conversations. And in two weeks, I'm having my business coach on the podcast to talk about pricing yourself in spiritual business. So look for that. But we toyed with numbers. At first, they threw out 475 to me and I laughed in their faces. I'm like, no, 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 no. Now, I have paid that for a reading. I've paid up to $800 for a reading. Um, I found value in it, but I do not feel comfortable charging that. So then... We toyed with some numbers and I updated my website a few times and I just kind of like sat with, and the way it works for me, I could tell spirit like I don't want any bookings right now or I need six bookings and they will bring me everything I ask for. Literally, because I hate weightless. I don't like keeping weightless at all. It makes me uncomfortable. It puts pressure on me. And so I actually work with Spirit and I tell my guide, Skylar, like, okay, I have six openings in the next few weeks. Can you just bring me six people? And I will every time get just six people. Um, or I'll be like, you know, I'm not doing any bookings for the next nine weeks and I'm booked now until March. Um, so can you not bring people to me right now? And I've hardly had any inquiries in the past four weeks. Um, and it's because I put it out there to spirit. They're completely working with me on this path. So they will work with you too. So I put these prices up, and then I kind of landed on two hundred because um, I was at one hundred and fifty for about eighteen months. Um, and obviously, put a lot of money into my own development in the past year and my own, you know, growth and expansion. And one of the cool stories I really wanted to share with you was. I did book some people at that rate and you know I felt very blessed every time I get a booking come through I like literally cry because I feel so grateful that people want to work with me like I've been taking bookings now for five years and every time my heart just expands I'm like oh my god like somebody really wants to work with me and I get so tripped out and I actually cry (laughs) and I get teary because I feel so touched and honored but um I was lying in bed with my son two weeks ago, and I heard Spirit say to me, they're like, go to 189 I want your price to be 189 And I was like, okay. I, I just listened to Spirit. I'm like, I already charged people 200 bucks, and I'm going to send them $11 refunds um, this weekend. And with a, with a note on on why I decided to lower my prices... Um, So I updated my website and all my offerings. Okay, Kate, 189, I feel really good about that. So then I just decided to Google, um, you know, what does 189 mean? And so I got angel number 189 encourages you to begin a new phase of your life that sees you being of service to others and humanity as a light worker. Your positive attitude and affirmations regarding your divine life purpose will bring about opportunities to serve as your soul dictates... "'Allow blessings to enter your life "'and use them to your advantage "'and for the benefit of others. "'As you serve your sole purpose, "'you automatically manifest good on all levels. "'Your innate skills and talents "'are much needed by the world.' And it is time to fully live your passion and purpose. Your angels support and surround you with love and encouragement. Now is the most auspicious time to look for, for new employment or a change of career or profession. And is it time to release the old so that you can work from your heart doing something that you love, earning an income in the process? Ask yourself, what is my passion and purpose? Your angel number 189 is a message from your angels that you are to have faith and trust that your financial needs are met while you are pursuing your divine life purpose. I mean, yeah, I'm crying all over the place today, but these are the kind of things that can happen for you if you just trust and have faith in the little voice in your head and the more you experience this little voice in your head, the more you will be able to discern what is actually yours and what is actually Spirit's. And I knew that was Spirit's message to me and look at it, I'm like, (laughs) it's just blowing my mind, completely blowing my mind. So that's my update. Those are some things that I I had come up these past few weeks. I'm ready to change my life. I'm ready to let go of financial certainty, um, of a lot of certainty to pursue my life's passion and to serve you all. And so there we go. As of, I think, February 4th, I'll be full-time Squamish medium. I have an online course I'm filming that's going to be amazing. And people will be very interested. It's going to be a very good experience for people who just want to, like, dip their toe into mentorship uh, before they want to commit to, you know, men- actual mentorship. But um, I guess I'll get on now with the past life stuff. And I'll make a note in the show notes for people that if they want to fast-forward through very emotional... <laughs> very emotional um life update to go um about that now very synchronistically as well um a few days after that 189 experience i was laying next to my son and i sing him a song every night and i've only ever sang it to him and it's a song that's been in my heart and in my mind my entire life i'll try to sing it for you now okay okay j Falling rain, falling from the sky, gently falling teardrops, drops from on high. song to my son. He always falls asleep. And I know it's a World War 1 song. And I know I learned it at some point as a kid. I don't recall where I learned it from. It could have been a remembrance day assembly. I don't know, but I know it's a World War 1 song and I know I've been singing it my entire life. And I never sang it to my daughter, but I sang it to my son. And I was laying next to him in his bed, and while I'm singing it and humming it, and I sing it over and over and over again, I um, started thinking to myself, I'm like, I wonder if I'm literally the only person in the world who knows this song, because I've never heard anyone else sing it. And I'm like, I wonder why my son falls asleep to it, and my daughter doesn't. And immediately, Spirit took me to a whole other place in time. They showed me, this is so intense, okay? So in my mind, they transported me, and I'm still singing while this is happening. You have to keep in mind. And they transported me to a scene in World War One where I was a man, and my son was a man. He was my older brother. And we were fighting in the trenches together, and I died. And then he died very shortly after, and he was very distraught. And then Spirit showed us as children together. And we lived on a little farm in uh, Middle America. And we had very neglectful parents, you know, back, I think it was like the late 1800s. um, Very stressed out, like alcohol, just very neglectful. And so my older brother took care of me and raised me. He was four years older than me. And they just showed me flashes of our lives together. And I died and then... He died, and as we reunited on the other side, I told him and I promised him, I promise you in our next life, I will take care of you. Because he took such good care of me in that life. (laughs) I get so emotional. So it was like a really powerful moment for me, and I found it so comforting and so touching that I chose to come into this life as my son's mother after making that soul promise to him. And it really reaffirmed my beliefs around soul family and soul groups. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily believe in soul mates. Um, you know, I don't think we have just one. I think we have soul families. I think we meet people in our lives and we immediately feel connected to them. We immediately feel like, I know you. I know you from somewhere. And, and we feel connected to them. These could be enemies of ours. These could be friends of ours. They could be lovers. They could be parents or siblings. And so I do believe that me and my son have this, like, real deep soul connection. And I'm here to take care of him in this life and pay back his karma, good karma in a good way. And make sure that he's nurtured and feels as supported as he made me feel in that lifetime. And, it got me thinking about past life stuff because I know I've mentioned this before, and you know I've never been able to be hypnotized. I've paid thousands of dollars to try to be hypnotized because I think it would be cool. I'm just not a candidate, and so I've never been able to do a past life regression. But another past life experience that I had was um, I was always a very fearless person. I you know would move to a different town. I would like leave jobs, get jobs. Mary Strangers, like, I was so fearless, maybe a little bit reckless, but very fearless. And once I had children, especially my daughter in 2013, I became one of the most fearful people you will ever meet. And the fear was overwhelming. It kept me from really living. And I started being made aware that I'm going to keep my children from an amazing life by being so overprotective of them and trying to keep them from all the bad in the world that I know exists. So I sat down one day and told spirit, I'm ready to move beyond this spirit. Can you please show me a source cause? Can you show me the root of, of this pain and this agony that I feel around outliving my children? Or my children outliving me, I should say. And again, in my mind, they completely transformed me to this time. I think it was in the 1400s. It was in Africa, on the coast of Africa. Um, and I was the mother to two very young children. And I wasn't taken as a slave. instead, I was put in a cave on the side of a cliff overlooking the ocean. It was a very treacherous ocean. It wasn't a part of the ocean that had like a white sandy beach. This was like like it was like almost like the northern coast of Ireland, if you can imagine. Um, and me and my children died in this cave. We were too scared to end our lives ourselves by jumping off. And my whole time, I was sitting there, and like, my children cannot outlive me. And I just kept trying to outlive my children. I don't actually remember who passed first, but Spirit showed me this as being... Uh, uh, end of a life that caused this kind of karmic imprint into this life of my children outliving me. I'm like, I have to outlive. My children have to outlive me. My children have to outlive me. And, um, ever since spirit showed me that root cause, um, I've been able to kind of like relax around them a lot more. And this is what I mean around, you know, we have some of these fears and these, um, hangups and triggers. And if we could just get to the root cause, you know, sometimes it doesn't take years of therapy. It just takes kind of like recognizing that source point that, um, will bring healing and move the kind of energy around it. Um, so that you can kind of let it go a little bit. It will still come up for you, but, um, a little less so. So in a reading setting, I don't go into past lives very much because I feel very skeptical of them. I'm a little less skeptical of them now that I've had these two experiences just in the past like eight months. But if you were to ask me a year ago, can I have a past life reading? I would flat out say no. Like, I I don't really believe in them because I could tell you anything, <laughs> and that's not my jam, right? I need evidence. That's how that's how I roll. So. I started doing Kyle Gray's um, angel courses. I've been studying under Kyle Gray now since the very beginning, four years since he started offering that mentorship. And I'm actually a listed practitioner on his website because I've done everything he's created. And so I'm a certified angel guide. Um, I don't offer these because I just don't feel ready yet. And um, this is how I started my mediumship too. Like, yeah, I'm a medium, but I'm going to do over 100 readings before I actually put myself out there and call myself a medium and charge people. So that's the work I'm doing right now with the angel certified um, designation is I'm trying to get more experience. So I asked somebody to come sit for me with one of these practice sessions and so I, I just intuited through through the angel energy, like, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? And so I just decided to sit by her. And the second I put my hands on her, I was transported to a time. It felt like Merlin times, to be honest with you. And this is, again, why I've been so skeptical of past life stuff, because people throw out words like Merlin, and I'm like, hey, you lost the plot, right? But this is what it reminded me of, and it was like this burning castle, and the girl that I was touching, I'm going to call her a princess, she might have been a duchess, or something like that, but it was definitely those times, like medieval times, and by a night, she was thrown over the back of the horse from this burning castle, and she was being, um, you know, trolloped to her death, and she was being taken to a place where she would be burned or hung, but I knew it was to her death. And I just saw that, and I called in the angel energies, and I was like, okay, angels, like, let's um, put some love and healing light around this person. Let's move this energy for her. I don't know how to message this to her, so I ask you for that guidance. Um, And then I sat down and pulled her some cards, and I said, so I have to ask you something. Do you have an unexplainable fear of horses? And she was like, oh my God, yes. They are beautiful creatures, but I can't even go near one. And I told her, I was like, you know, I won't go into extreme detail, but this is the scene that I saw. And the last thing that you saw was a horse. You were on a horse and you were so terrified. And it was the last memory you had in that life. And I should actually follow up with her. I'm going to do that after this because I've been thinking about her a lot lately. And I'm going to actually follow up with her and ask her if that recognition of that past life memory had cleared that fear of horses or not. And I'll, I'll let you know in the next episode. But what I really wanted to talk about past life stuff was... How I've experienced it, I don't necessarily think you need to go through past life regression myself um, or hypnosis. What I do feel like you should do if you are interested in accessing these parts of yourself, um, which are part of that soul, right? That soul imprint that I believe sits within our solar plexus and heart chakra. And just get curious. Look at some fears that you have in this life. Look at some things that are holding you back from really pursuing your, your life's dreams and and ask spirit, ask the world of spirit through through the sincere and, and 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 sincere and integral curiosity. What about this? What is the source of this spirit? And just sit back and allow your mind to wander. And and you know, I talk about words like I'm being transformed and I'm being like you know transited to the space and time because that's what it feels like in my mind. It's a very. Um, Effortless visions that come into my head. They're not forced in any way. And and I've learned now over the years of development just to trust them. And because I feel the, the immediate impact afterwards of acknowledging them, I know them to be of truth and to be true. So I really wanted you to do that as a homework assignment. After all, this is spirit school. I really wanted you to... Um, you know, get curious about something in your life that you're struggling with and and sit, you know, with your children or maybe it's over a cup of tea or in a meditation, however you want to do it, and ask the world of spirit, can you please reveal to me and thank you for revealing to me a source for this unexplainable fear that I can't recall in this life. And just allow the visions to come. Allow the inspiration to come. Allow the memories to come back. Journal them. Trust me, you don't even need to because you will remember them. They are that powerful you <laughs> And what I have found through those past life recollections is that the energy has moved and those fears have been subsided and lifted. The triggers will always appear; they will always appear, but the resilience will build, and they will affect you a lot less as you start to have faith and trust in those visions. So, so that's all I really wanted to say about um, past lives today. You know, I'm still kind of uncovering my spiritual philosophy around them, and it's unfolding in front of me. And maybe one day I will provide past life readings. Who knows? But I definitely, you know, you can trust when you're working with me that... I won't just throw out services willy-nilly. I'm only going to throw out things that uh, speak to my soul and speak to my heart and that, you know, spirit reconfirms over and over again that that's what I'm meant to be doing at this time. So so that's uh, Spirit School today, very emotional episode. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it and, you know, check out my website, squamishmedium.com if you're interested in working with me in the next few weeks. There will definitely be some more appointments available for readings, mentorship, intuitive coaching. Um, and, and more events coming up in squamish you know i'm definitely going to be doing those full moon and and group readings every month um so definitely is a high demand in them and i'm going to start doing workshops on weekends like full day workshops on angels and guides and intuition and and all that fun stuff so lots to come from squamish medium so i'm just getting started folks just getting started so thank you for your support and your love and your energy and i send it all right back to you have a good one